Hey everyone, Cooper here, host of the fine podcast you're listening to. I just want to let you know that the episode you clicked on has a format that is very heavily inspired by a podcast called The Bookening. To be clear, our thoughts and opinions in this episode are our own, but the format is very similar to this podcast. I just wanted to give you a heads up and give credit where it is due. With that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the screening. Today's screening will be Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Welcome back to The Screening. I am your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs, and I feel that it is only fit that I introduce our panelist, Tanner Lewis, first. Hello. Because if I am not mistaken, this will be his very first full episode appearance on the show. Uh, No, this will be my first on Star Wars. Right, first on Star Wars, but on the show, too. You... No, I think he, uh, no, I he think was, he on, was Hobbit. on The Hobbit. No, full time. He wasn't there for the whole time, he, I don't think. Yeah, it was for the third one. Mm, for the battle? No, remember, <laughs> we had a mistake with the recording. Yeah, he would have been on there. Anyway, thanks so much for being on, Tanner. And then um, Isaiah's already been talking. How are you doing, Isaiah? Sup? Doing pretty good. How about and you? And over there, I'm doing great. Thanks. And over there, we got Mr. Matthew. How are you doing, Matthew? Howdy. And uh, today, guys, we're talking about Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. And yeah. I'm really excited to start talking about this one first. Uh, I feel like Tanner should have to explain himself because he texted something to us that may or may not have been blasphemous the way you look at it. <laughs> oh, wow, that's hurtful. <laughs> Is a man not allowed to have his own opinion? Hey, it's America, but go ahead and explain your opinion. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> to read exactly what I sent them, pulling it up real quick, um, I said... I haven't watched Sith yet. It's my favorite of all of them, but I so I should be fine. So, there's that. Um, it, and I will stand behind that statement currently, as I said before. <laughs> all right, well, why? Okay, the why. Let's go through that. First of all, this is the one Star Wars movie which contains, and I have counted, the most Star Wars, um, the most lightsaber fights. True. Fair enough. Lightsaber fights are the Star Wars thing. Um, second, I think that um, it's better because Anakin isn't as stupid in this one because he's actually bad and not somewhere in between. That's true. True. And then um, uh, third, I love watching the um, uh, Mustafar scene. That's my favorite oh, scene yeah. in Star Wars. Interesting. Yeah, and they finally got rid of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, it's yeah. True. he's pretty much not in this one. Yeah, so you gave some good points. Uh, no, he's not the, the Sith movie. Lord. He's the Sith Lord. He's <laughs> Darth Jar Jar. He's gonna get you a real doo-doo now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he watched the, how it should have ended before he oh, recorded this. I did. <laughs> Probably did. All right, Matthew, what are your opening thoughts this watch of Return of the Sith? Or oh. the Sith? Uh, I have to say good points to Tanner. Um, however... Those are the three good things about this movie and not the three reasons why it's the best of all the Star Wars movies. 
Um, hey, I like the logic used right there. Other than those Big things, brain. you know, okay, I, w- I mean, I'll easily say it's the best of the prequels. That's not even a question. Oh, yeah, definitely. that's not that's not a, oh, that's not a competition. Yeah. I actually, I was entertained. Like Tanner said, the 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 lightsaber fights were interesting. The the plot's a little more elaborate. There's a lot more interesting stuff going on in this movie than the first two uh, prequels, and so I respect it for that. But it's just not the best. Um, but yeah, I actually enjoyed watching it. We got kind of the arguably two worst out of the way first yeah. off, and now we're now we're getting to where I get, start to get really into it. That's right. The next this one through Return of the Jedi, we've got some of the best ones. Then we gotta kind of peter off again to some bad ones. Yep. Anyway, Isaiah, what are your thoughts this time through? It was good. I mean, compared to the other movies, like you said, it's definitely the best out of the prequels. It is. Uh, see, I kind of like how it shows, like how he, uh, Anakin, like fully turns to Darth Vader and all that, and right. finishes that up. But yeah, it's definitely the best out of the prequels. And how about you, Cooper? Um, as to my opening thoughts, I probably would have you if you had asked me as a kid, what was your favorite of the prequels? I probably would have said Revenge of the Sith, mainly for the reasons that Tanner outlined that it had the most lightsaber fights and it had the most action. That's probably the reasons I would have given you. Um, now today, I still think it's the best, but not because of mainly the lightsaber fights. Um, so I did really enjoy this movie this time. Uh, like Matthew said, it was really entertaining compared to the other prequels, and I was actually engaged for pretty much all parts of it, because the past two have had some good parts and a lot of slow parts. Um, but besides that, really enjoyed it. But, uh, I'm actually really excited to talk about this, because I think there are some things that are wrong with this movie, uh, unlike Tanner. So... Why don't we go ahead and get into that? I never said so that there I were things that were wrong that were not wrong with this. Let's clarify that. Tanner. Sure, sure. Um, so one thing that I found this movie it really annoyed me was that this movie is so confusing in the way that it wants you to think about the events that are happening. Okay, so when Anakin is assigned to spy on the Chancellor. You're kind of with Anakin on this one, right? You can't do that. Chancellor's been nothing but good to Anakin. And you kind of are on Anakin's side as you start to view the Jedi as, uh, well, you, you start to view them uh, kind it's of like they're differently. Gro- they're growing crooked, kind of. Yeah, right, exactly. But he, no, the, the nobody has given you any reason to believe the Jedi shouldn't be trusted on this, though. So you're kind of torn between... Should I trust Jedi, or should I trust Anakin and the Chancellor on this one? And the movie can't make a decision for you. But you can't really make a decision on that. The movie, it's not trying to be confusing, as near as I can tell. As near as I can tell, it wants you to understand why Anakin turned to the dark side. But even Obi-Wan, who is, you know, a legend, is telling, or is, is telling Anakin to do that. So you're kind of hesitating. You guys have any thoughts sure, on that? Sure, that's valid, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I just realized I have not given my baggage on the Star Wars series as yet. Oh, that's right, Tanner. Go ahead. So um, this will this will probably help you um, build up for part of my reason for loving the Sith so much. Um, so do tell one. This was it was so spontaneous. I I can still remember the day though. My dad had um, walked in and we'd gotten an Amazon package like all normal people do. And um, uh, it had uh, the first um, six movies of the saga in it. This was probably the first um, big kid movie, if I will, um, that we yeah, yeah. that we watched with the family. Like we sent all the little kids to bed. We 
they had their nap time, if you will. Still had very young siblings. Um, but um, we watched the, <laughs> we actually watched the sixth movie first because my dad forgot <laughs> that um, it, it was the fourth that was the first. My aunt came over uh. the next night and corrected him. So <laughs> we watched the sixth, then the fourth, then the fifth. And then one and two. And then originally, I was not allowed to watch um, The Revenge of the Sith. I think all of us weren't, yeah. Yes, until um, one day when um, I was at a friend's house and... uh, um, I don't know what was it. Uh, we were going to watch the Revenge of the Sith, but the parents were like, "Let's check. We'll send the text." So they sent the text, and then there was um confusion on the parents' side. So I watched it while I was technically not allowed to, even though they had. Oh. It, there was confusion on that part, but I saw it before everyone else and my siblings, and um, I held that over their head for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is my baggage. So, back to Revenge of the Sith. So, let me ask you guys a question. Based on what you saw in this movie, and not anything that you brought to this movie, are the Jedi good or misguided? They're good. Okay, Matthew, back that up with evidence from the movie. Well, they tried to defeat... Well, okay, so just think about it like this. They were suspicious of someone being the Sith Lord that was making everything go wrong and was causing an entire war. And so when you when they had a suspect, they were, before all of a sudden arresting him or killing him or lightsabering him... They just decided to check. And so they had someone on their team, supposedly who they thought was on their team. And they were like, well, let's just, you know, let's just see what he can find out. That's all they were trying to do. They were just trying to make sure because they really wanted their suspicions to be wrong. That's why they sent Anakin. Interesting. And yeah, if, if you know what I mean, that's they were suspicious and they didn't just jump in action. They sent someone to find out because they didn't want it to be true, but they were suspicious and they wanted to do what was right, even if it was hard. And so then eventually they find out that he is the Sith Lord and they do everything they can to kill him. And also y'all should go watch that, how it should have ended, because it's really funny. There's like all the four Jedis riding in the ship to go over there to go beat up the Chancellor. And Mace Windu's like giving him a pep talk. He's like, look, boys, y'all are Jedi knights for crying out loud. Don't just do something stupid like dying slowly or something stupid like that. (laughs) She's like, don't just let him stab you slowly, (laughs) which is what they do. He just like walks over there and stabs them. They're just like holding lightsabers, not even trying to block it. It's kind of dumb. And but he kills off like the first three in like two seconds. And then it's just Mace Windu. Yeah, Mace true. Windu is like doing everything he can, but then there's lightning. And, and Anakin had the chance to save the Jedi or to end the Jedi, and he chose to end them. Hmm. And it, Star Wars made it very clear how uh, Darth Vader and Anakin is a bad guy. And right. how so, the Palpatine's a bad guy, so if they're on the opposite of that, then they're kind of good guys, you know? So, could you conceivably see how Anakin could have turned to the dark side based on the movie? Or were you still kind of in question on how that happened? Or do you still think that the leap that Anakin made was too great to conceivably do? It's almost there. I still think it's a little too much of a leap because it was really all just because of the dream of Padme. Yeah, it's true. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that would be scary, but like, why wouldn't it? It it all kind of makes sense, actually, now that I think about it, because he didn't feel comfortable talking to anyone about it, like Obi-Wan or Yoda or anything. He couldn't tell them the exact well, he, situation. He, he kind of did to Yoda, yeah. not the entire but Yoda was like, Yoda's, that's why he got mad at Yoda, because Yoda was like, oh, well, the situation is to not get too attached to other people, and he's like, no. Right, which is wife. totally stupid. Right, but like, that's kind of the law that he's supposed to follow, and he already broke the law, so that's why he can't really tell specifics to anyone he trusts. 
And so he tries to deal with it on his own. And then someone else, you know, I think it would be interesting if someone else, or I mean, I would be interested if some outside person knows what I'm going through and is like, I have a solution, then, you know, that might interest me. But I don't know. I still think, because especially right at first, he went and told Mace Windu, he's like, I found the Sith Jedi. You better get here soon. Or Sith Jedi, Sith Lord, you better get here soon. And then, like, what? And then, when Mace Windu's like about to kill him, and Anakin has the choice, all he has to do is stab him. He's like, "Wait, but I need him alive. I need him to teach me to save Padme." And yeah, it's like, what do you think he would? When you called Mace Windu, what was he gonna do? Come here and like put handcuffs on him? Like, right? What? It's kind of <laughs> yeah. There's some this that movie does do some stuff like that. It's kind of yeah. It's really stupid. Um. I think that it's almost too conceivable that he makes the jump. So I think that this movie, even though it the movie was confusing on how it wanted you to be, or how it wanted you to feel about these events, but it was very clear on how Anakin felt on these issues. And so it's very clear that when you know Yoda told him to let go of your attachments, he's kind of been like, I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know if I should do that. And then when the Jedi Council asked him to spy on him, on Palpatine, he's really mad. And then... Palpatine's been manipulating him behind the scenes for forever, and he seems like the only friend that Anakin has. And then, obviously, the added card of Padme, uh, he's having the same dreams about Padme, and so he goes to uh, Palpatine. Like you said, though, um, it is kind of stupid how he, you know, he contemplates it, and then he runs. He should have just done something immediately. He should have, like, made up his mind immediately on what he should have done with Mace Windu. So there's some bad stuff on bad movie making, right? Because he's not going to rush in and be like, I just wanted to watch you, you know, arrest Palpatine. He would, he should have been, he should have been on a mission essentially, and he wasn't, which is really weird. But I know we've been kind of talking down to this movie, but it, I agree, it does make some things better that Attack of the Clones did not do a good job with. Um, first of all, uh, it makes his relationships better with Padme and Obi Wan. I would say. Um, what do you guys think about that? Do you think, do you think it does a better job with Padme and Obi Wan's? relationships to Anakin than it did in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I can't remember specifically, but if he had any pickup lines that he said to Padme in this movie, it was better than the ones in number two. Yeah, there was there was only one, I think, bad line. It was kind of um, Padme is like, oh, I'm so in love with you. And Anakin goes, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. And then Padme goes, so love has blinded you? That's not what, that's not what I meant. You know, that was kind of the only really a bad line of dialogue between Padme and Anakin. But you're right, not as bad as anything from the last movie. But, um, uh, I'll give you an example. So Padme, he, he the first time we see Anakin and Padme in this movie is after the big space battle, which is awesome, by the way. And then they Amazing. come, and um, Anakin or Padme tells Anakin that she's pregnant, and Anakin is kind of he's like, I don't know how I feel on this, and he's like, it's the best news of my life. Well, it actually kind of works. I mean, it's no longer Anakin is like a whiny little brat, and Padme is for some reason falling in love with him. <laughs> if you can cut out Attack of the Clones, if you, can, if you can cut out their love story in Attack of the Clones and just have their Revenge of the Sith love story, I think their love story totally works. Okay? I think like, he is scenes, still a whiny little brat. Yeah, in some places he is, totally. but not nearly as much as in Attack of the Clones. And anyway, this the scenes with Padme and Anakin actually work. Um, the dialogue's a little better. Um, the actor for Anakin, Hayden Christensen, seems to be a lot better at playing this Anakin than whiny brat Anakin. Yeah, I think he like didn't that. do a great job in any of them. He honestly just seemed kind of bored the whole time. Yeah. Hmm. 
You know, you know who else was bored while doing Star Wars? Harrison Ford. <laughs> Except he does a great job at it. Because well, here's the difference between Harrison Hayden Christensen and Harrison Ford. Okay, Hayden, Harrison one Ford knew cool, the dialogue. One of them's a guy I've never heard of. <laughs> well, let me. Harrison Ford was a he's a better actor, but B he also knew the dialogue was pretty bad and kind of acted like that. He kind of worked it into Han Solo's character. And uh, kind of how how he would talk. I, I don't Hank care Christensen. what you say. I think he did a great job. Hansel is like the best character. Yeah, I know. I did. I'm saying oh, he took the bad dialogue and made it better. That's what I'm saying. Hey, Christensen he at the time, you mean. right? He's he's working with uh, the most decorated director in terms of money, at least not the best director, but in terms of money. And you, you're a young actor. You're going to do whatever this director tells you to do. And if he tells you to sell out and play a whiny brat, I think he. I mean, I hope it was George Lucas telling him what to do, and he just did it. Um, so I don't. I think he did a bad job, but not because of what he did. But in in Revenge of the Sith, he's a much but he's a much better character than he does in Attack of Clones. Oh, definitely. So then his relationship with Obi Wan that also is a lot better. So again, we can talk about the opening battle. Um, but when Obi Wan has like buzz droids on him and stuff. You know, Anakin kind of comes in and tries to like shoot him off, and everyone's like, "No, bad idea, bad idea." He's like, "You're right, sorry, bad idea." And he goes and like rams his ship into the buzz droids and tries to get him off. And he perfectly describes Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship in just a few scenes, right? And the first time we saw them together in Attack of Clones was that stupid elevator scene, right? That did absolutely nothing, right? So I think this movie does a lot better in that matter. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's definitely better, and it just shows how Anakin actually learned to like listen to Obi-Wan a little bit, at least more than before at some parts. Yeah, for sure. I think George Lucas at least liked the elevator scene from the last one because he decided to include several in this one. <laughs> That's true. That's, right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what is with Star Wars and elevator scenes? There's too many. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you call them elevators, but yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> the things that make you go up. I think they actually yeah. just like went to a hotel and filmed it inside of an elevator shaft because it looked exactly like a normal elevator. Yeah, yep. it did. <laughs> yeah, it probably um, is. It wasn't high-tech or old-fashioned high-tech or whatever Star Wars is. Old-fashioned high-tech. What yeah. a What a combination. Um, but anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes, the first space battle. Pretty sweet, huh? Pretty great opening scene. Oh, definitely. Amazing opening scene. And it does yeah. everything... That you wish Attack of the Clones would have opened with, too. You wish Attack of the Clones would have opened with Anakin and Obi-Wan doing something awesome together, you know, uh, instead of just an elevator scene. But this movie does a great job with an opening sequence that is really awesome and really visually appealing. Got lots of laser ships and <laughs> lasers and ships and <laughs> things blowing up and stuff like that, which is really great. Yeah, I think. and then a crash landing and all that, but, yeah. you know. And the CGI on these ships is a lot better than the last movie for sure. Definitely, oh, definitely, and all that good stuff. Yeah, and they had a, they, they had a lot more going on on the screen, like in the first yes. flyover when they're flying in the ships, because it's like it's like the little story thing, and then it fades into the space, and then you turn the camera, and then there's like the whole battle, right? And there was lasers right. going everywhere and ships all over the place, and it was a grand scene. It was everything you would expect a space fight to be. Yep. Yep. That's right. The CGI See, okay. is definitely much better and all that. Yeah, too. for a second though, I want to go back to Anakin. First of all, I was gonna say I think the young Tanner looking Anakin would do a better job than 
Hayden Christensen. Thank you. Well, (laughs) unfortunately, he was too young. Yeah, that's the problem. They should have just waited like 20 years for to make the next movie. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely for sure. I I really want a multi million dollar job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they could have been like trying to find the uh, kid actor 20 years, and they just find Tanner. And like, oh, he must be the guy. And he's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. No. Um, Give me but money. Also, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you've seen the Clone Wars, like, you know how Anakin's kind of like, just like the fun uncle type guy. And like, he has Ahsoka, his Padawan. They just like play games in the middle of battles. But like, but like, he's yeah. also responsible. Yeah. Like, he gets the job done and he, he has, he's a fun heart, but like, he also like can get serious. The, that is such a different character from the Anakin we see in the actual prequels, and considering that Attack or that um, the Clone Wars is supposed to take place in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it just doesn't fit. Mm. Unless they somehow add a fade, which they do not add. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fades, it looked like they edited these movies on iMovie, and they somehow did a good job with it. Yeah, I know all of the transitions are really, really weird. They're the cheesiest transitions that like I used when I made videos when I was like five. But they somehow make it work. Somehow. Yeah, it works. It's. I mean, when I make an iMovie, I'm like, how do I make my transitions look like Star Wars? How do really unique transitions yeah. and still make them work? Which is really interesting. Like most movies uh, would kind of stick with the same transition for whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or they just do a cut, you know, okay. instead of establishing shots. But anyway, so back to Obi or back to Anakin and Padme. First of all, how did they not guess that they were in? They were married. They were married. All right. Well, technically, Obi Wan did, but still, they're all idiots when it comes yeah, to not that. Not really. Not really. I mean, not Anakin really. Says, but like, he still Anakin's guessed. the father. But then, like, come on. I was like, yeah, how did you not know brain. that? You just figured that out. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. How does it? Does, I'm sure, like, at one point, he like goes into Anakin's chambers and the Jedi Council and Mullen Knight, like, hey, we need to go on a mission, and he's not there. And he's like, what? Where where is he? You know, like, come on, like something would have happened. You know, he's like, Anakin, you're not sleeping at the Jedi Temple. Where do you sleep? I mean, you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and then they're like, at two scenes, they're out in the open where it's easy for you know some sci-fi reporter to like s- snap a photo <laughs> and sell it on the black web or something like that. You know, the, the scene where she's like brushing her hair out in the open. Um, at our at the place where they live, and Anakin's just standing right there, like, "Come on!" And it is too like, easy. It's literally too easy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and also when they're like hugging, right <laughs> in the middle after the battle, and uh, he Anakin like, glances over and sees Padme, and he tells Bail Organa, "Excuse me." I mean, can he not put two and two together? Come on. <laughs> yeah, and and Bail Organa like keeps walking, like I. Oh my gosh, he should have looked back to at least see what Anakin was doing. Like, if you were a real person, that's what you would have done. But he just, like, yeah. and, and it almost looked like he flinched. Like, the actor was like, oh, someone's walking away. Naturally, I'm going to look to see where they're going. And then he's, like, yeah. flinched and then, like, looks back forward real fast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not supposed uh, to do that. Not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to see this. Yeah. And then uh, there is one really good scene with Anakin and Padme, though. It's near the end of the movie. It's right before the scene with uh, Mace Windu, Anakin, and Palpatine. Um, Anakin has just turned him over, and he's in the Jedi Council, and it's empty. And then he, it, it's the sun setting, and then he looks out across Coruscant, oh, and he sees, yeah. or, it's like a Force See, vision with Padme, who's over there. Yeah, how um, weird would that chambers. have been if like George Lucas didn't make the didn't make the score good? Well, you mean John Williams? Oh yeah, 
not George Lucas. Yes. Uh, if the score hadn't been good, then it would have been useless. But the score is really great for that scene as well. And it so was, like, it really mysterious, it all works. Like, it was like everyone it was knew it was the last time they were gonna like really. Yeah, see everybody. Each other. Everybody. Well, <laughs> well, not really, because they see each other on Mustafar. But it's the last time he sees her before he decides to do his signature move, <laughs> killing <Yeah>. children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Squeezing throats. Yeah. Also, by the way, in this movie, Palpatine is so awesome. All right. He is a boss. Okay. Yeah, that sound effect that they have on, like, I don't know, everything with Star Wars. It's like, Rah! like him screaming when he does his little, like, side flip thing. <laughs> like, how do you even describe that? Uh, that's got to be a parkour yeah. move. He does, like, three log rolls in the air and then, like, lands, <laughs> like, whips his lightsaber out. They're actually called barrel rolls, by the way. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> but he's so awesome. He's just like so gleeful in this movie, my little green friend. You know, and stuff I wish, like that. I wish they had him fighting more in like the uh, originals in everything. Yeah, for sure. Because you never even see his lightsaber in the originals. Yeah, he's so great, though. I mean, I know it, him and Yoda. I mean, we yeah, need to see more lightsaber fights. Let's be real, though. He's totally way better than Yoda. Like yeah, that's true. I was except that. Yoda never even fully opened up. Well, like then, the why was he, Yoda at the end? He Yoda was like, Pal- "I failed. I need to go into isolation." Yeah, the thing is between Yoda and Palpatine. Palpatine, they were both prideful, but Palpatine like used that to his advantage. And for Yoda, it was like Yoda. It that his downfall was his pride that he thought he could beat Palpatine. Right? He thought he was the master, which is really interesting because sometimes, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's really weird. Yoda's fight, fighting style cracks me up, though. He just, like, jumps around the person. He just throws the lightsaber yeah. and then jumps up on him, grabs it again, and then throws it again, and then forces them back. Yeah. It's so funny. Tanner enjoys those scenes. Oh, I, I actually do. That's <laughs> probably one of my favorite lightsaber fighting scenes, other than Mustafar, where he's <laughs> throwing the lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, I like the one part. They're, like, they're, they're like breaking into the temple. They're breaking into the temple, and Yoda just, like, throws his lightsaber like a javelin into a clone and then just rips it out. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Anakin turning to the dark side. So we've talked about kind of the three things that uh, kind of helped him along to the dark side. The fact that the Jedi seem to be turning bad. The Padme, uh, is, is he has a dream of Padme dying. And the Palpatine is really his only friend. Um, do you think that this movie works without Padme dying or, or not? No. Well, okay, I think this is something that I noticed like just on the last watch is... So basically, she died, which was the whole reason he turned to the dark side was to save her from dying, right? And so when he turns to the dark side and doesn't choose the right way, then she ends up still dying. And that's, like, how you know his choice was wrong. Yeah. Because it defeats the whole purpose. And, like, like I, that's, that's it. That's it. That's what I was trying to get at earlier. That's the jump. The jump is when all he's trying to do is save his wife, which is a good thing, you know? And, like, not that, like, his dream is necessarily true, but, like, a couple years ago, he had dreams about his mom dying, and then she did. So it's, like, right. that's, it's, he has, to, to him, it's kind of true, and he has reason to believe his dream, and he's just trying to save his wife from it, which is a good thing. Now, he chooses a more shadier way, and then when that way is, like, all right, well, before I actually teach you, I'm going to make you go kill a bunch of kids and all your friends and yeah and then i'm gonna teach you and then it's like so he does all that and then darth vader never ends up learning that kind of like that side of the force of like yes i agree the the life giving the healing like ray does like all that stuff Palpatine didn't know how to do that yes he did he didn't 
He didn't. He knew how to take it. He didn't know how to give it. He was Darth Plagueis's apprentice. I know. He he knew that Darth. Here's the thing. He knew how. He knew that Darth Plagueis knew, and he knew how to take it from people. That's how he can still live. Basically, that's how he killed Darth Plagueis. But the thing is, he doesn't know how to give it like Ray did. If we're going all the way to that, he knew how to yeah. take it from people, if you will. Mm. How do you know? How do I know? Because he did it. <laughs> Look at episode nine. Well, how do you know he? How do you? How do you know he only knows how to take power? Ever seen him give it? Yeah, Snoke. Snoke. Well, he made Snoke. It's a clone that he just controlled. Well, I think he used it for whatever. What happened to Snoke? Here, here. There's um, too many holes in that right there. It's so annoying. True. <laughs> So I agree with Matthew, though. I think that him turning to the dark side isn't that much of a stretch. But once he turns to the dark side, it, there's no way. It's inconceivable that he would do that. You know, it's in, you know, he was trying. The only reason he would turn to the dark side was because he thought the Jedi were becoming corrupt. And then he thought, you know, I need to save Padme, right? Um, and so he the only reason he joins the dark side is so he can save Padme. And because he thinks he may be on the right side. Well, then... Once he, he he's not gonna kill younglings like that's so stupid, uh you know it's because he wants to save his wife, you know that's it's 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 a bit of a stretch I agree. I think here's the part that gets on to me the most in uh, um all the prequels, Anakin has serious anger issues. Do we all agree about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, it's more whiny, but yeah, it's whiny, but it's still still serious anger issues. Like, um, Kylo Ren type anger issues where you want to, like, start slashing lightsabers into things. Um, uh, here's the thing. I think that's the biggest stretch that I've seen that annoys me the most in the prequels is that he has none of those anger issues in the originals. That's my biggest thing. He still uses anger and he still has well, it. Well, that's but because it, he's become a master. He's, he's, he's toying with people a different way, I guess. Like a weird dark side of patience. Yes. I think I still think that that's like pushing it a little bit. I think that's stretching how it should work. Yeah, like because you still see if I mean Darth Sidious still has like um all of that. Palpatine still has that, but he yet uses it to his advantage while Darth Vader's just kind of pathetic. I think yeah. the the anger you're talking about, like the Kylo Ren and Anakin one, is like kind of a childish anger almost. Like. They're just, yeah, like, whining Especially. about, like, Ugh, my master won't let me do this. Ugh, I'm gonna... Oh, dang it, I had one mission and I failed it. Ugh. It's like, when you're the master, you're the boss, like, it doesn't matter. And like, you can get... you The stuff you get angry about is not, like, oh, I'm mad at myself. Like, that's what it was. It was self-anger for, like, failing something you were supposed to do or, like, getting mad that someone doesn't think you're good enough or, like, stuff like that. It, it's the real anger that the masters have, even the Darth masters, is, like anger at the other side because they're at the top they're the ones actually orchestrating and organizing the entire fight against them and so when they do something that disrupts your organization of like your side then that's what makes you angry instead of you getting angry at yourself so which i guess would explain cracking people's necks yeah sure enough. um wow. so final duels huh, between obi-wan and anakin and um palpatine and yoda La- that's that's all that comes to mind when you say those when you say that. <laughs> what the heck was that? That's the sound of wow, glory. That's, that's not what came to my mind. That's not the sound of glory. No. <laughs> that's the sound of um, the opera that Anakin and Palpatine go to. Death and destruction. Also really cool. But um, final duel. So I was actually a little underwhelmed by 
um, the final duels themselves, I think because I remember them being so epic and the lava fight being so epic. Um, I think I still enjoyed them. I think they were good, but I just, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought they were, I mean, they're good. I just didn't think they were as good. Yeah, as a younger kid, though, if anything has a little bit of action in it, you think it's amazing. That's true. That's true. I probably thought as I like this movie the best because it had the most action scenes. Um, I think it is, you know, pretty epic. The lava's pretty extreme. Um, and then Palpatine and Yoda, it's a cool fight, Hot. too. Palpatine just loves being evil, and I love it. He's got, like, <laughs> bad teeth, bad fingernails. All of a sudden, he's just throwing things around and having fun. That's the kind of guy <laughs> that makes a good villain right there. <laughs> Yeah, here's the one thing. Uh, here's the one thing that I have against the Mustafar scene. You're round lava, people. Guess what? You have the force. You can throw lava. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, true. or you can use the force on anything, including the other person, or their <laughs> lightsaber, or your lightsaber. So when you're both climbing up of a giant stick trying to get away from lava, and one of you, and neither of you are actually fighting or engaged or paying any attention to each other, whoever's on the bottom, why don't you just force your own <laughs> lightsaber up towards them and kill them, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, it really is just the kind of use the force thing that could just, just implode your enemies. That really is, you know. Yeah. Anyway, grab their heart and other important organs with your <laughs> with your force yeah. and then rip it out. Or you could do the Ahsoka Tano and literally just turn off their lightsaber in mid-fight. <laughs> but laser swords. I mean, yeah, but Anakin, like, right before that, just choked Padme, so why can't he choke Obi-Wan? I don't know. <laughs> but Obi-Wan well, has well, he tried force. to do it. Because remember, they both, like, blast-forced at each other backwards. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Never. And then they both, like, tried to grab each other's necks. One final thing. So when Padme, for when we first see Padme, it doesn't look like she's pregnant at all. Then we learn she's pregnant. And unless I'm wrong, this movie takes place over maybe a few weeks. Yeah. And it looks like she goes a full term nine months in just a few weeks. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Honestly, she doesn't even look pregnant until like the, she doesn't. the scene she doesn't, where she's and, actually and having the babies. She's That's carrying, the only time. She's carrying full twins. term <laughs> twins. And she's running around. She like she ran down the ramp. like, you, And then the babies come out. You're like, no wonder. These are like three-month-old babies. You know? <laughs> and stuff like that. All right. Yeah, no well, wonder you guys she got, any, got any... How many... How many a um? How many how many bad love scenes out of nine do you give this movie? What? How bad do we think it is, or how <laughs> no, good do we no, think no. it is? How how many bad love scenes out of nine will you give this movie? It's like how many lightsabers out of ten? You know, stuff like oh, that. Oh 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 oh! I give like it an nine I'd give it an eight. An eight. Okay. Wait, so are we rating like goodness or badness? Well, Matthew, <laughs> one is one is best or one is bad, nine is good. So you want more bad love scenes? <laughs> no, Matthew. I, it's just like I, I it's guess. Just it, like, a rating how many, thing like stars. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a rating system. It's like how you know like we did how many barrels out of thirteen to give the Hobbit. It's how many bad love scenes out of nine. Wait, but why do you want more bad love scenes? I'll give you like a Matthew, seven. I'm not saying that I want more bad love scenes. I'm just. It's just a thing. Of, you want less? Instead of saying instead of saying out of nine stars, I'm saying out of nine bad love scenes. I think the less bad love scenes you have would make the movie generally better. Matthew, I feel oh like you're doing goodness. this just to annoy me. How many out of not? Okay, since you're so <laughs> since since you can't understand my conceit, how many lightsabers uh, out of nine do you give this movie? Are they good guy or bad guy lightsabers? Oh my god! Okay, Matthew, you've lost your privilege. <laughs> Isaiah, how many bad I love scenes seven. out of nine? You said seven. Tanner said nine. Yeah, I said I eight. I'll give, I'll give it. Oh, eight. Whoa! Eight. Calm bad. it down. Um, I'll give it six point five out of nine. All right, donor shoutouts. 
I say the donor, and you say what color lights they really think they'd have. All right, uh, Matthew, Mr. and Mrs. Ryetsky. Purple. Nice. <laughs> nice. He uh, took mine. Tanner, Mr. Killingsworth. Oh, wait, sorry. Isaiah, Mr. Killingsworth. Orange. Um, and then Tanner. Nolan, the pony Killingsworth. Yellow. Thank you so much for listening to the screening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash the screening to get a donor shout out. Donate $5 or more a month. Links included in the description below. We'll be back in two weeks with our review of Solo with Star Wars Story. And until then, this has been The Screening. Oh,